Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John. Uh, with me this evening is Mike. Mail Kimp. <laughs> One for the podcasts out there. Um, Geordie. Hello. <laughs> with a mouthful of uh, Snickers and crisps. Uh, and, uh, and Jason. Hello. Uh, we are uh, four lifelong Watford fans, uh, season ticket holders in the Rookery End, uh, and from the Rookery End is our take on life as a Watford fan. And it's been an interesting month. We last podcasted uh, at uh, just after the Tottenham loss at home, uh, and it's fair to say, Mike, that that game felt like, uh, not a robbery, but we could have done better, but the things went against us. Yeah, I think we performed well in the game. Everyone won desperately wanted to get something from Tottenham and we very very nearly did I don't think we realised quite how close Watson had gone at the time to uh, this corner going over the over the line did of course a week later against Man City but yeah performed well against Tottenham little bit grumpy that we didn't get something out of it but I think uh, by we, the time we recorded the podcast we left the ground by the time you were you were happy but yeah yeah well yeah it was a decent performance and, and in the Premier League that's that's good enough at this stage or at that stage should I say stage yes at that stage um, then we played uh, Manchester City Geordie uh, went ahead against Man City Excitement, excitement, excitement. Then we lost. Yeah, I mean, that game, compared to the first time we played Man City this season, showed an element of progress. But it it was almost, it was comparing that and then the Arsenal game, where we play against a team at the top of the division, and it's no good, there's no, it's no good playing well for 89 point, 99 minutes and 59 seconds, and you can't switch off against teams like that, and we switched off twice. Once at a corner, which has become a little bit of a habit of late, which we didn't, it was kind of like the seeds of a habit of bad corner defending, um, which we saw again against Swansea and stuff, and today to an extent. Um, and, then, and then a goal immediately afterwards, which is kind of why it's like Arsenal when they scored the first one, it's almost like it burst our bubble. And you know, to lose 2 1 at home to Man City is no, 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 no crime. Um, and so, it, yeah, it was a shame, it was annoying, but. But the thing is, that I thought those two goals against Manchester City were two very well Manchester City goals, and you're, if you're that good a team with costing that much, they should do that to beat a team like Watford. Yes, but I mean the first the first goal when Torre scored, I was thinking that there's an old kind of urban legend about Charlie Chaplin entering a Charlie Chaplin looking like competition and coming second or third. Yeah. And for for 80 minutes of the Man City game. Um, Capu was doing a better Toure impression than Yaria Toure <laughs> but the most influential player out of the two was Toure because he scored and that's what matters Do you know what I enjoyed most about that game was that Watford took part in what was take your Watford supporting glasses off for a minute it was a really entertaining football match mm. and I think I took quite a lot of pleasure from I find it quite hard to enjoy football because I'm so desperate for Watford to win but I actually even though we lost I enjoyed the spectacle and I felt really quite proud of, of Watford's um, contribution to that and I think Geordie said there was an element of improvement from the, the way we played there from the way we played at the Etihad and it's more than that wasn't it it's, we're, we're miles away for, from that team that, that tepid team that timid team that tried to block Man City out so it was great to be to see a, a, a game that's enjoyable for football's sake if that makes sense so that, that left me with a bit of a bounce in my step with that on, uh, after that one as well uh, the following week it was FA Cup uh, we played Newcastle for the first time this month um, felt like for me it, was, it wasn't it was a B team Watford but it wasn't a full strength Watford um, we got the win it wasn't brilliant um, and almost put a little bit of worrying my my mind about a was were our second option strong if we got injuries and we didn't have Igalo because he started on the bench, would we be as threatening up front? And we got, we did get a goal, and it, you know it's an FA Cup, it's another win, that's always good. But you know we're Newcastle, their strength, we're, we're Watford, their full strength. It, it, it puts doubt, but it's almost like let's move on, let's forget about it. So we went to Southampton, Jason. 
and we lost. Why did we lose? We did. Why did we lose? Well, one, we were disappointing um, and probably the worst what for performance we've seen this season. I don't see anyone disagreeing with me. Um, but also, I think Southampton set up tactically very well against us. Um, they played very narrow. As soon as we got the ball, they just congested the, uh, the midfield. And you could see, even though they were, they were sort of set up like that, we still had no sort of ambition or willingness to, to try and stretch the play wide. There were times where sort of Gerardo was cutting inside because that's how he wants to, to play um, Abdi was cutting inside into the middle there were times I think we bought Anya on the second half but even then he was making some runs up the right side and uh, still we weren't looking to and then there was one I remember where igalo has got the ball he's got Igalo to out wide and he's tried to cut inside again and it's like we sort of stuck to plan A Southampton had a plan A for our plan A and we didn't have a plan B and it all went horribly wrong and it's, it, you're right to say that Southampton did they had our number but it wasn't just a case of nullifying Dini and um, Dini and Igalo. they could have won that game 6-0 and we couldn't have complained so I think it was a combination of absolutely right Jace that they, they, they did a job on us but we were poor as well so, so what, did, what did they do Geordie what did they do to to cause us make us look bad I mean maybe where we were on our best but make us not play our best at least what do they do because that's the thing what do they do what could other teams do well everyone kind of focuses on the two front guys and oh if they play three at the back so, I mean if it was as easy as that you know it, it would all be football managers I think I think Dini Nigalo play well when they get in service and that involves us having the ball and time to move the ball forward and stopping us doing that, so putting pressure on Kapu, putting pressure on the defensive midfielders, hassling us, making, make, making us make mistakes so that we don't have composure in the final third and create distance between our midfield. Because a lot of our midfield is defensive-minded. Um, and so they have a tendency to drop back, whether it's Watson, uh, Berami when he plays. Um, you know, their, their first thought is defence and midfield. It's not, we don't have attacking midfielders as such. So if you can, if you can push the midfield back, and hassle them and to an extent Newcastle did it a little bit today and, and then we, um, we it was nice to see we changed something not coming on today's game but we changed something and we were able to start moving the ball around so I think I think I think what Southampton did particularly well is hassle us and they they basically out Watford Watford to a degree um, and and yeah, I think they showed they showed they showed us why we'd been successful in the first half of the se- first half of the season and you know what what can other teams do well they can do that but it's not as easy as, again, it's not as easy as saying it's just stopping the Garlandini. It's not as easy as saying getting their faces. You need to do it as a team. You need to press as a team. And Southampton are a selfless team. And my biggest concern if I was a Southampton fan is how the hell uh, I only, we only got three goals because, you know, um, they could have had, well, they could have had a cricket score. I, think, I don't think the 7-1 back in the, uh, in the 80s was as one-sided. Um, it, and I, I think from the Southampton game, all we can take is luck or, or gratitude that we haven't been fined. And give it a point deduction for not turning up because, <laughs> because that, you know it was that bad. Because that, that, it's important now. We are we are here in the in the um, the Escot Tavern after the Newcastle win. Good moods all round, and that's important to remember. But it's almost like we need to, you know, part of this podcast is looking back over the month and and where have have things gone. That wasn't a great game against Southampton. Uh, we moved on to uh, Swansea. Um, wasn't well. Weird game, weird game, Mike. First half, dreadful. 
really, really difficult to watch again. Very similar to Southampton in as much as I think difficult places to go. Both under pressure, both needing needing points. Um, both got decent players, um, but yeah, Watford looked. They looked lethargic again. They looked. They looked like it was very, very difficult all of a sudden. And obviously, Swansea. Swansea played reasonably well. Um, but yeah, Watford just didn't look at the races. I think Igalo had one of his poorer games. They tried Capu out wide, which which seemed like a criminal waste. And and as a result, he had one of his poorest games in a Watford shirt. Very, very poor. And uh, Neom at right back as well. I thought looked looked looked, looked in trouble. Igalo didn't look. You know, not, I was going to say not interested. That's not fair. That, I, know, I know footballers don't get, not get interested, but you know what I mean. He, he had a poor game. So yeah, another really dispiriting first half. I thought and it was like we carried on from uh, carried on from Southampton. But Jace, yeah, for for all that though, Mike, I thought as well. Whereas Southampton really did sort of overrun us and create lots of chances, I don't think. Swansea created as many chances and, and there was still a point there to be had. What really disappointed me about that game was the goal we conceded. We've been very good defensively this season. Um, now the goal came from a second phase from a from a set piece. So we defended the set piece well. Graham Taylor will tell you it's very hard to defend a well-executed set piece, but we, we defended that one. So for then the ball to come back in and for us to lose concentration and, and let Williams get a header there and put it in the back of the net, that, that really annoyed me and I was really knocked after the game that we lost to that goal. It's not, like, it's not as if you're gonna miss Ashley Williams either, is it? You know, and, and he did well at the other end of the pitch all night as well. But I think so just to finish on the negative side of things on that game, I think it sort of made not woke a few Watford supporters up, but certainly made me question, and you mentioned it at the top of the show, John, if Neom's not, not on song. You know, we've been so used to him playing really, really well in that right-back slot, and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. If all of a sudden he's looking a bit dodgy, we saw today against Newcastle, Paredes came in. How, how confident are you compared to Paredes coming in? I mean, all right, he's an Ecuadorian international, you know he's got talent, but he hasn't really done it as certainly as a starter this year for Watford. He was very, very shaky against Villa away, for example. Capu had a bad day at the office. You know, who for these these guys that we've taken for granted a little bit this season, who have we actually got that's going to come in and perform from the get-go at, um, <laughs> at, at Premiership level? So that sort of got me thinking a little bit, and perhaps I think we could, you could hear a few sort of Watford supporters' feet Landing on terra firma, hitting the ground again, and sort of thinking, actually, we are in a bit of a battle. We are Watford. We haven't got. We are not the finished article in the Premier League. We haven't got the best squad. We, you know, we've got a great squad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sound negative, but we've got, there's still questions over the over the depth of the squad. There is great. I thought the second half was infinitely better, though. It, Why? Why was it better? What made it better? More energy. There was more purpose. Um, and you know, layman's terms, it basically looked like there was more effort. Which I know again, it doesn't come down to effort. When a, when a professional football player takes to the field, they're always going to give it their all. It sometimes doesn't go, but it just looked better, more direct, more interested. Uh, that said, I don't think we ever looked like getting anything out of it. And I was with Jay, so I was really frustrated. Um, next, uh, no one. I'm not going to share the text I shared with with my brother after the game um, because they were, you know, littered with foul mouth sort of tirade against uh, certain certain players. And you, Mike. Being angry after the game of football? Never. I must apologise to the sort of three or four hundred people that probably heard me shouting at the ref today as well because it was a, another particularly uh, spicy performance for myself. Geordie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, did, did you feel any sort of positiveness coming out of that Swansea game? I guess the second half being better than the first half helps, but for me, Swansea were there for the taking. If we'd scored the first goal, and that, what frustrated me was that we almost 
approach that game the same way we approach the City game, the Man City game and the Spurs game and we showed them the same respect and I think certain games this season, maybe Villa, Bournemouth and Swansea, we, if we'd been a little bit more on the front foot from the beginning, we may have gone a goal down and you know might have gone worse for us but we could have we could have had a go and kind of the point you make about Neon and people like that he's he has gone off the board a little bit and I'm wondering how many of our new players are suffering from a lack of a Christmas break because um, it's, it's strange that well maybe it's not strange that suddenly in January we're having a little bit of a slump where maybe they're used to you know the adrenaline's got them through the first few months of the season and then you know it is we do play a, a it is a difficult league to play and you do run a good few miles every game and maybe you know today with Neil on the bench next week we've got the cup maybe maybe there's a chance to rest a few players and give them and get them back up to speed so that we hit February with our new signings um, I'm, I'm not sure I buy that certain players it may affect them a bit more certain players who Biomechanically, got to use Collins, Collins John terminology. Uh, <laughs> guess what? Guess what? He walked past me <laughs> at the FA Cup game. I say walked. He hobbled past me. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he's got one leg longer than the other, isn't he? Yeah. In, in a big circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just, I just wonder if certain players, it, you know, it, it, it's almost kind of the adrenaline's worn off. It's back. To, it's kind of reality now. Routine playing. This is what for their team. And you know it's hard to perform at the top level every game, and maybe there is a mental side of it, and they are meant. Some of the players are getting a bit mentally tired. Okay, so there was a, a little bit of good coming out of Swansea, um, better second half, uh, but there's still worries there. You know, Mike, you sent a message out saying I'm scared. Uh, on our WhatsApp group and I think that maybe that's a little bit how we all felt a little bit I think uh, sorry, going into today's game against Newcastle I wasn't as of course we can do something out of this of course we can you know I didn't have that feeling um, today that I have had pretty much every other game but Newcastle game was quite was was different I think John you and everyone in the yellow shirt in that crowd probably felt the same because the atmosphere did feel really flat at the start I think it took a while for the fans to get get going I think there were nerves all around um, and on the pitch for the first 15 minutes I thought Newcastle to me looked the better side for the first 15 just took us a while to get into the game but I don't think that's, that's not new we've taken a lot of time to get into games yeah yeah we've seen that before but I think when when the crowd are nervous as well it just you can just feel it in the atmosphere you just feel that oh god this is going to go horribly wrong like Mike does a lot of the time <laughs> once we did start getting into the game we started to create chances um their keeper it made a great save off of uh, off Kapu after we found it was two a double save really because Dini sort of placed it in the corner and Kapu had the rebound probably a bit tighter it was at the other end so probably a tighter angle than we all probably imagined because we thought just naturally it was going to hit the back of the net and we didn't let up at the start of the second half either got the goal early and then the second and give or take a few 50p headers at the far end we uh, yeah we looked fairly comfortable for the, for the rest of the game I thought I think it's worth flagging up though is they did Newcastle did have decent chances to equalise and it, it was a bit of a sort of mini rerun of the FA Cup we glossed over that a little bit and I think Watford did well to get through it Dini took his chance well but we could have got hammered in that in that game I think they had plenty of chances which which they fluffed and they probably had two decent chances that we if we Newcastle fans coming away today saying we probably should have got a point on the chances not necessarily on the performance but if those chances present themselves you've got, you've got to take them so I don't know whether that's a little bit of a concern you're always going to give up chances I guess in a game um, so n- n- very difficult to be anything like negative after watching the Watford that we've grown accustomed to this season again you know they pressed they harried but which is what Newcastle did you mentioned the first 20 minutes I thought Newcastle worked extraordinarily hard sort of spearheaded by, by Shelby he's sort of a bit of a 
rabble rouser in the in the middle there, wasn't he? Getting everyone going, and they were going at 100 miles an hour, snapping into everything, um, and made it very difficult for us. But as Watford have proved, as you said, John, they came into the game slowly but surely, and then yeah, getting that goal early in the second half was was magic. What was even better though was um, in the second half, I saw um, Barami sort of snapping into a into a challenge across the middle of midfield. Shock of blonde hair, <laughs> white teeth glinting under the floodlights, yellow shirt. For one moment, it was like Johnny, Johnny Eustace. <laughs> I just had a little moment. I had a goosebump. It was magnificent. But um, great performance from Barami today, I thought. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Uh, another good performance must be from the man who splits Twitter completely in half in terms of opinion uh, is uh, Gerardo how do I say it properly Jordi? Uh, Jurado um, he, had a, he had a very different game uh, for me it, I, you know when astronomers say well, I think there's a, there's a story in the press that there might be like an extra planet in our solar system the ninth planet yeah. the ninth planet um, and, and they can almost they, they, they maybe haven't found it it's the way other things react that, that gives them the impression there and for all, all season we've seen Gerardo on the left wing kind of tending towards the centre and we're like why is he going in, why is he always cutting in it's because that's where he's supposed to bloody be <laughs> you, you, you take him right you put him on the left wing and, and he's, he can feel frustrate the, the, the living daylights out of you as he has with me um, and then you'll have people um, I, mean, I saw people listing stats to kind of justify him and, and I kind of you know I mean data's part of my job and, I, and if, you, if you just take numbers and don't put any kind of interpretation or human uh, in, you know overlay on top of them they're, they're, then you're on a hiding to nothing so well, you'd be and, out of a job mate yeah and, link, and, and comparing Gerardo to Abdi which I think was the was the kind of the argument it's like well one of them played in the championship for us last season one of us was our marquee signing this summer so it's kind of f- f- faint praise to kind of say well he's doing as well as Abdi well he's, he's supposed to be doing better that's why we bought him yeah. you know as an improvement but anyway Today he was magnificent, and I think it's because he could turn both ways, you know. And he and he left. I think Shelby had to get a, a ticket to get back in a couple of times because <laughs> uh, because and uh, and, he, and and one of my biggest fail, uh, complaints about Gerardo is um, is the lack of physicality. He's um, some some players, you know, and I think Troy is a great example of a player who kind of has made the most of effort and grit and saying I'm going to be the best I can be, uh, and he's still got more to improve. I'm sure. Uh, and Gerardo's obviously got the great talent. He kind of came out Madrid's youth system when, you know, Troy was playing for Chelsea, whoever. <laughs> you know, so it shows a different trajectory of careers. Uh, and sometimes I felt that he lacked that kind of spark and that aggression. Uh, but in the middle of the park today, I mean, I, th- I thought he um, he bossed it, and rightly the man and match. I think he. D- I don't think he needs aggression because he's got. He's very confident in his ability, and he and two. T- I think it's to his detriment, to be honest, because I think he sometimes he takes longer than 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 he should in in potentially dangerous areas of the pitch. But he's confident he's going to beat a man or he's going to play a decent yeah, ball. I, I and I think the re- the reason, sorry, Jordi, I, right. once I start, I can't, I yeah. can't finish. I start. <laughs> Mike Pringles, yeah, there. <laughs> I'm dribbling out the corner of my mouth there. Don't let me stop. So. And the reason I think perhaps that he doesn't get the credit that other that some people think he should, opposed to people who don't, he he gets moves going, and his his assist uh, stats have, we've seen knocking around they aren't great. But today he he kept he kept the ball in midfield, he took it away from the Swansea midfielder, and he played it out wide. It was very simple. It may it probably goes unnoticed a lot of the time, but it is cool, calm head, bit of skill, excellent touch, great ball, and bang, Watford are away, and that's. That's the beauty of him where he is playing today, and that's that's why he was so good today. I thought. Yeah, when I, I mean, when I said aggression, I didn't mean um, Johnny Eustace, Valen Barami oh, aggression. Oh. You know, I mean that's that's very don't, difficult don't to replicate. No, what I meant is kind of if you if you look at 
uh, players you might consider to be um, Corrado's peers, like uh, David Silva, Iniesta. They're not they're not big, strong, physically physical players. They're very nice, ticky tacker players, if you like. Um, but try and get the ball off them, and they'll hold you off, and they'll and they'll try and win it back. And I think sometimes Corrado maybe frustrated some people in the sense that he, he's been a bit easy, to, or he's been he's lost the ball a little bit. Um, and so today, I think he maybe he's in the middle of the park, and yeah. who knows, maybe because he he just started the game well. Um, and that gave him confidence, and you need confidence to be skillful. At, yeah. at his best, he looks like a Premier League Alman Abdi, I think. And I still feel that there's... I mentioned, I think, last week that it, it, we're sort of close with him and there's a switch going to go off and I think everyone's going to be singing from the same hymn sheet and he's one of those players where once it happens, it'll happen and you won't stop him. And I think that switch is getting closer to being all the way round to, to on um, after today. And really, the fact he's still getting picked... I think if it hadn't been maybe his previous relationship with with Kike, that he might have been dropped um, before now. But the fact that Kike stuck with him makes you go, you know there's something there, it's going to click. And him playing the middle today was just... That's exactly what he needed. And I don't think it's it's about Kiko having favourites. I think it's about him knowing how he wants his team to perform and what he wants it to do. And I, I think if he thinks Gerardo isn't up to up to scratch or isn't playing properly, he's going to be on his ass on the bench, no doubt about it. And Sanchez Flores is no, you know, he's a lovely guy, a smiley, emotional, wonderful, lovely guy. But it, he's no, he's not sentimental. He doesn't give two hoots about who he upsets. And I, I think to suggest he's got favourites is. Is, is a little bit naive and, and probably a little bit daft to be perfectly honest he co- contributes to what he wants this Watford side to do so that's why he's in the side uh, Watford sit 10th in the Premier League and uh, we have gone beyond 30 points for the first time in history Woohoo! Always believe in your soul you got the power to know you're indestructible Always believe You're listening to From the Rookery End. It's Saturday, the 23rd of January. There are still, I want to say, seven days left, seven, eight days left for the transfer window um, to be open. Uh, Watford so far have had a couple of outs. Uh, first one, Diamante's gone, is that right, Mike? Diamante has gone, yeah. Um, Ibabu has gone. Ibabu has gone. Um, yeah. Connor, Connor Smith, which was a little bit not disappointing, but again, yeah, it's probably about right. We saw him um, at the beginning of the season playing for the under-21s, and it felt like, yeah, you've been there a while now. You've got to do something, and it didn't feel like he was going to get that chance or have enough to do that at Watford, did it, Jason? No, he'd had a few goes um, whilst we're in the Championship, but you couldn't see him getting into the. Uh, to the Premier League team so he needs to yeah to go down a couple of levels or few, three levels he's going to Wimbledon um, and start his career again we've seen uh, Luco Neen mm. I never know how to pronounce that one Nine Neen Nine Neen whoever he's, he's gone to uh, Wickham the tennis the ball kid yeah. yeah gone to Wickham at the start of the season and by all accounts he's doing doing well there so uh, hopefully Connor can do the same uh, and is that is that the only one who's, those three have gone? I can't think of another I think one. Lloyd Dyer may be going if he hasn't gone. He's I not gone yet. Going, but I mean, it's not going to be a huge surprise if he is, does either have his contract terminated or is a given opportunity to do what's left of his career, uh, you know, and play regularly because obviously he's lost 18 months really of his career. I think we're also going to lose Arlauskis to Espanyol. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's you know, we're losing a goalkeeper. That's a good thing because well, it doesn't matter. We've got one in already. Um, why, why are fans picky about a signing like him 
Like who? Pantilimon. Pantilimon, yeah. Um, oh, I love that, Pantilimon. It's really easy to say it really... I feel like Geordie, like being able to speak a foreign language. Pantilimon. Yeah. Everything you say sounds like a foreign language to us, John, I'm afraid <laughs> to, to say. Um, because I think he's viewed as he was sort of second, third fiddle at Manchester City. He's come from Sunderland who is struggling, um, not necessarily first choice there. I think people often think, well, if they're letting him, if Sunderland are letting him go, why, should, why do we want him? Um, but I think, he, you know, he's, he's, he's big... He's experienced in the Premier League. He played a lot of games last last year in, in Sunderland's ultimately successful bid to stay up. Um, he's obviously going to be back up to Gomez, keep Gomez on his toes, bring a bit of extra sort of know-how and knowledge to the to the squad. Great signing, makes perfect sense. I, I'll ask us when he came on against Villa. I saw it, I hadn't seen it before, but on, on Gillette Soccer Saturday, they put a little, together a little package of I'll ask us against Villa, and it was, it, it felt bad at the time, but seeing it sort of in, it condensed into 20 seconds, he had, a, he had a really bad time of it. So whether there's a little bit of confidence has been, the Watford have lost a bit of confidence in him, I wouldn't be surprised. So if he's up and, and Pantillimon comes in, then well, why not? Makes perfect sense. Um, but the two going. Ibarbo and um, um, Diamante certainly leaves us weak going forward. So, our only options at the moment for a substitution. Weak going forward is a little bit. Troy. Second options going forward. (laughs) If injuries happen or substitutions are needed, our options going forward at the moment in terms of attacking was Ulare. And that's about... It. Am I missing somebody? Maybe Jakubiak coming from uh, from the youth, the under twenty ones. Anything else? There two. There's two bigger step up. I think there are. That Jakubiak is performing well in the in the under twenty ones, but I think it's it's going to be too big a step up. You mentioned Ilari. It was good to see him in, in action in the FA Cup game against Newcastle. Um, it was. It looked as though it would. It came a bit as a surprise to him. He didn't really. Know, he didn't look massively confident or comfortable. Troy was having to talk him through it a lot. But perhaps that's to be expected. He hasn't played much football um, at, at that level this, this year. He is only young, um, so relatively inexperienced. He looked like he's going to be a handful, though. Yeah. So as a, as a, as a Pozzo purchase, buy him young, look after them, nurture them, get them out on loan for a bit, see what they can do for our club or sell him on for, for, for money. He's definitely going to do that because he's big, he's powerful, and he'll cause defences a lot. If we were in the Championship and we saw him, I think we'd all be licking our lips. Um, but whether he's ready for Premier League, whether he's going to have the impact that Troy or Iggy do, if if one of them has to drop out, very very doubtful. You know, we've seen another, you know, Herculean performances from both of them today against against Newcastle, and you know that nitty gritty, that hard, that little bit of knowledge, knowing where the ball's going to bounce. Um, sort of working out where the pass is going to go, intercepting the back pass. He, he hasn't necessarily got that. So good to see him in action. I think it answered a lot of questions because there was people still have. So it's the age-old thing, isn't it? The answer is always whoever's not playing. Um, so I think people did have questions about him, and I think it was handy to see him in action. The question was, I think, was pretty firmly asked, answered. I don't think he's ready. So yeah, the, a very long answer, and one wasn't needed. We need more striking backup. Uh, so we <clears throat> we have had a signing, Jason, in that uh, department of going forward. Uh, his name is Amrabat. Um, am I saying that right? I, well, I'm no Geordie, but I... I Geordie, right. Amrabat. Amrabat well, I'm not Moroccan, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, my, Arabic isn't my forte. But yeah, I was Amrabat, uh, probably as it, as it looks on the paper. As, as it okay, should. we'll go with that. I okay, um, just want to check, just want to check. We all, know how, we all know how to say Nordin as well, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Nordin we know. So, um, it, we, again, we cannot sit here and give a good 
uh, critique of exactly what he'll do as a Watford player. But as far as I'm aware, he's a striker slash winger who's very quick and quite a handful. Does that sort of seem the thing you'd want to sign? Yeah, I think that's almost a, a plan B. Um, we've talked about plans A and B earlier. Uh, or maybe the lack of a plan B uh, and I think he fits into that plan B perfectly um, especially if you look at what we did today I, I don't know about you guys but I was a half and half sort of surprised to see him on the bench today I thought he might get a start um, but with common sense he's only just arrived so so maybe not but I also like the fact that I always like the fact that Kike has put the confidence almost like saying to the players he's had and have done well yes they've had a bit of a blip um, but they are still good players. If you made too many changes too quickly, would that do more damage yeah, for for, um, uh, for for the team and morale? Let's say that's it. So we went with Plan A again today, and that when you look at uh, I want to say the, Plan the, A point one. That's the midfield because, we had today. Was, yeah, that was different. Was a bit different. Um, we had Watson, Capu, and uh, Baramil starting again uh, with Gerardo playing in that sort of hole behind the, the front two as we said um, and yeah that worked really well and what what we saw was that we got a lot of uh, attacking football from the fullbacks particularly from uh, Paredes today um, so that's where the width was whereas if that hadn't worked you would imagine Amrabat would have come on a lot sooner and he'd have been the one providing the width up front What I found really interesting about this Amrabat again what I found interesting, apart from John trying to introduce A.1, you can't mix letters and, and numer- numerals, can you? Numerics. What would you put? Oh, what would you say? A, plan A? Plan 1.1 or 1.2? Jason said plan A. I was just, uh, I carry on. I think it's like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters. I think you're on very shaky ground there, uh, Mr Mooney. But, um, yeah, the interesting thing, and this is, this is off, off, off the pitch, this guy costs £6.1 million. Pounds. Barely raised a an eyebrow amongst certainly on social media I think people were pleased to see him I'm glad we've got this Amrabat guy he sounds decent but you know there's very and it got me it wasn't you know we've just sounded signed probably equaled our record record signing and it was very it didn't seem to make a a ripple and I think potentially there's two things A we're in the middle of a a bad run A.1 we were uh, (laughs) uh, um, um, (laughs) I forgot what I was going to say I just wanted to get that gag but um the, but the second one for you, 8.1, it was another one of these really badly kept secrets, wasn't it? We, we knew he was out and we were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to sign him. And they signed him. So when he did sign, no one was overly excited about it because we knew it was going to happen anyway. Financially, though, financially must be down to the fact that we're not, we're not buying him for his worth. We're buying him for his worth plus the fact that we're a Premier League team and it's January window. But, but, the, but the thing that I found really interesting was everyone said well, we've been burnt before, we've got excited about signings before and they've turned out not really to, to perform, which I actually thought was, was quite interesting and completely understandable um, because, yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about the players who have left, they haven't really done it done it for us. And, you know, I just wondered if there's a bit of, jaundiced is the wrong word, but a little bit of, are people a bit weary of, of like the pot, so of, of the Watford transfer? Because whenever we, we talk on other podcasts or the radio or talk to other people, we say, no, we love it what they're doing because generally most of them are decent but actually deep down are we actually right they're bringing someone in they've identified we need it we'll wait and see if they're any good do we actually have confidence that we think we do in the in, in the team bringing these these players in if you pay 6.1 million then I think Gino would definitely have the confidence because it's a lot of money yeah yeah absolutely but he's, he's not Nathan Ellington 
he's done a bit more than what Nathan did, which was one good season at Wigan. Um, so he's not, he's, he, you know, he's going to be a little bit better. Yes, we paid more and broken the club record probably because of that way the Premier League, the fact we're doing all right, the fact that it's January. Is that what the fans are getting blasé that we're now a Premier League football club more? That's my thing. Yeah, and I, th- I think that there is, I think a lot of us, and I'll probably put myself in that category, thought we might have cracked it. In, we, we felt like we'd arrived, certainly after Liverpool, and then we ran Tottenham and we ran Man City close, and we thought, you know, we, we're all right, we're going to be okay, we're, we're operating at the, at the, top, at the top, top echelon here without too much difficulty. The, the club are sorted, the ground's getting bigger, players are coming in, we're sorted, and then all of a sudden, we had Southampton and Swansea. But I just, yeah, I just found it interesting that, you know, a, a, a player with, who should be, you know, a winger, one of the most exciting players to sign decent size um, decent pedigree and a decent price tag and people are a bit apprehensive about and it's not even about saying oh he's going to be amazing it's about saying that's an exciting looking signing and that almost didn't happen it was, I just thought it was interesting that's all well that's I think that's, that's protecting to, ourselves oh sorry you, um, you said we felt like we'd arrived I didn't feel like we'd arrived until Troy Deeney turned up on Question of Sport the other night <laughs> <laughs> how did he get Selhurst Park though? anyway move on he has arrived. Uh, we have arrived. Um, does anyone else need to arrive, Geordie, in the Watford uh, training facility? Uh, yeah, I think I think we still need some strengthening. I think, uh, kind of to Mike's point, we'd been doing very well, and then we had these two blips: Southampton, kind of out of the blue, really, uh, and then Swansea, kind of unacceptable for the first half. Um, but I think today shouldn't paper over those cracks. Uh, you know that we still need strength and what was nice was that we have actually um, we did change it you know we did put Harad in the middle we used the kind of three defensive minded midfielders to, to kind of provide a bit of protection for the so that for the centre backs when the wing backs went forward or the full backs went forward but I think we still need a little bit of strengthening I don't think you know to Mike's point we spent 6.1 million and in any time in Watford's history that would have meant signing you know the second coming of Luther Blissett you know or whatever but the context is we're in the Premier League and did we need any backup strikers? Well, so far we haven't needed them because, you know, talk about Connor Smith before we had, yeah, we had um, you know Guadura on the bench, uh, Barami on the bench. You know, Con Smith wasn't going to get a look in uh, against against four when we, when we were essentially playing four central midfielders across the midfield. Uh, so another striker wouldn't have had a chance. Um, so I think Amrabat's a, a good a good signing. He's 28, so it's not like Ulara. He's coming in as a as a project as a. Seems to have entered the uh, vocabulary of English football uh, from the continent. He's coming in as someone hit the ground running, and from from the way the Malaga have responded, and certain Malaga fans and the and the president have kind of been quite vocal about saying goodbye and thank you, and he didn't want to let you go. And from talking to people in Spain, he's a decent player. So so he's different to what we've got, uh, and hopefully, but I think to put him in today on the back of two defeats that where we played badly and a, a slump would have almost suggested that. Like he was like a last, not a last roll of the dice, but oh, he's 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 it's okay, everyone. He's going to save us, and it would have been a bit unfair on him, to be honest, to do that. So I think putting him on the bench, put the willies up, the puns in the team, saying you're not you're not guaranteed anymore because we've got we've got Norden, um, and bring him on for the last couple of minutes. I gave you know it wasn't going to change the game, but it gave Troy a, a round of applause and. You know, got the guys. You know, got the butterflies out. If you like, for the and also uh, um, uh, comparatively, Nordin is the complete polar opposite, uh, follically, uh, <laughs> to the original Nordin uh, Wouter. Who is going to need backup? The groundsman. 
Well, that, that pitch looked very new and it's been the floodlight's been on quite a lot Jason you noticed on your way to work in the morning I do because uh, I travel along uh, Vicarage Road every day to and from work um, the lights have been on I think every certainly every night this week apart from Thursday and possibly last week as well and then even Thursday morning going into work I noticed uh, the floodlights were on so clearly they've been working as many hours as they possibly can to try and get the pitch right I'm not sure it actually is right yet it still looks a bit patchy doesn't it I was a bit worried today that uh, someone would go for a sliding tackle and bring up a corner somewhere in the middle of the pitch and uh, and the game would get abandoned or something but uh, thankfully that didn't happen Uh, it's going to have 10 days before Chelsea play on it and then it gets like 3 weeks um, before the next home game so it's a brave and decisive move and that that sort of tells you it tells a lot about the state of the club they thought right this pitch is looking bobbly it's looking a bit crap let's tear it up and lay a new one and I think it's I think all right all right it looked it looked a bit ropey today but it played it played absolutely fine Mm. um decisiveness from, from the top boys um, and it was great to see in the other corner of the seats Hi I'm Ketchianya and you're listening to from the Korean It's another month of football ahead of us next up Nottingham Forest away uh, in the FA Cup um, still want to win that yep yeah, I'm up for that winning the FA Cup running that God yeah that's all part of the fun of being the Premier League team OK We're in with a big shout let's do it we're on the March of Kickers Army we're all going to Wembley and then we have uh, Chelsea at home the following uh, well three days later four days later on the Wednesday uh, then we've got Spurs away Crystal Palace away uh, finish the month of Bournemouth at home it's another just, just, just another month of Premier League football teams uh, to take on um, we are 32 points yep. technically historically we need another eight and we should technically be safe um, what do, you want from, what do you want from this month? Three, we need three wins. What do you want from this month, though? I want to beat Nottingham Forest. Start again. I want to beat Nottingham Forest. I want to beat Chelsea. I want to beat Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> I'll take a point against Palace, and then I want to absolutely demolish Bournemouth. <laughs> You'd only take a point against Palace. I'd take three points against Palace, because they are sliding a bit at the moment. I think we've gone above them today. They're at their in the middle of a bad run and if that keeps going by the time we get to play them they could be there for the taking mm. Geordie what do you want? Uh, uh, a win at, at Forest so we have to worry about replays um, <laughs> and uh, I mean what I want is us to win all four games Yeah, if, if you're going to you, okay let's rephrase my question what would you take? Uh, over 50% so it's 12 points if we can get 6 the minimum I'll be okay. Anything more than that's a bonus. Yeah, I think six is is would be absolutely magnificent. I'd be really happy with that. We've had a little wobble. We've all sort of had our we've all come down back down to earth. I think a little bit the last month. Southampton and Swansea were a bit of a kick at the backside for all of us. So I think if we can get back to like a run of of decent performances, if we don't pick anything up against Chelsea or Tottenham, well, so be it. It'd be a pain in the backside, but that's the way it's going to be. Perhaps let's just get decent performances. The countdowns on. Let's get those three wins done then we can really enjoy the rest of the season. It's been amazing so far. This has been the only month where we've had a little bit to worry about, I think. So Isn't it amazing that it's taken until January to happen? Yeah, superb. And let's, it shouldn't take... Everyone feels great again. The occupation road was bouncing as we walked away from the ground again today. Let, you know, it's a Premier League football. Watford are holding their own. We've bounced back in emphatic style, I think, against Newcastle. Great Chelsea under lights at Vicarage Road will be absolutely magnificent. Tottenham away is one that everyone's been looking forward to. Let's go and bloody their noses a little bit. And then we've got, as Jay says, in, in all seriousness, Palace, a team struggling for form. Bournemouth, we've got a bit of history for them. We owe them one. So, so much to look forward to. He's made great stuff, can't we? 
So we'll be back uh, at the end of uh, the month, uh, probably around the Bournemouth game for another podcast. You never know. We might pop up beforehand. Depends how we feel. Uh, thanks for listening to From the Rookery End. Do tell your friends to subscribe via iTunes or however you listen. There are many, many ways. Get in touch. We like to hear from you. Watford Podcast on Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash Rookery End or www.fromtherookeryend.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's a good evening to be a Watford fan again. It was only a problem for one and a half games. Come on, you ones.